Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Presence Live, your local engaging Catholic radio show on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Chris Euler. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we are here live from Aberdeen, South Dakota. We are at Roncalli High School, uh, the very heart of the Real Presence Radio listening community. So it is a great blessing to be with you here today. Uh, on the special feast of St. Cecilia, I, uh, we're going to open up with prayer, um, and I'm, I'm, we're going to chant the whole thing. <laughs> Chris. I'm kidding. Just kidding. Don't make me do that. No one wants that. No one wants that. But Patron saint of musicians. Yes. So happy feast day to all the parish musicians out there. We appreciate your ministry and everything you do for the church. Amen. Thank you for bringing beauty to us. So uh, shall we pray? Let's pray. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and all of our listeners out there in the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, we pray for all of our guests that we'll be interviewing today. We pray for Chris and myself, that we're open to your grace, that our uh, listeners are open to your grace to receive truth, beauty, and goodness in the many ways that you're trying to give it to them today, that we would be aware of your presence among us, uh, and especially within us, that we might bring your love uh, to this world. We offer you, Father, all these prayers in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, Chris, we got a great show lined up today, don't we? It seems like it, yeah. We've got some wonderful guests some wonderful topics, uh, and it's going to kick off well with an opportunity to talk about an encounter with the Lord. So, we are joined now with, uh, by Steve Castle and Mike Donnelly, uh, who are from the Sioux Falls area, and they're going to talk about a recent Koinonia experience. So, Steve and Mike, good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. And how are you guys doing today? Very well, thank you. All right. Well, hey, well, fantastic. Hey, I love to hear it. This is awesome. We are, uh, so Koinonia is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so, uh, Steve, would you be willing to share a little bit uh, about, first off, what is Koinonia? Well, Koinonia is, it's a weekend retreat. It lasts from Friday evening to Sunday afternoon. And it's really about community. And so um, it's a Greek word. Uh, Koinonia means community. And it celebrates uh, the Paschal mystery, which really is the dying, the rising, and the going forth of Pentecost. And so each day is kind of themed accordingly. So it's a beautiful, beautiful weekend um, and a time to um, fellowship with people and grow in your faith. That's awesome. Mike, how did you first get involved in Koinonia, or how long have you been part of the Koinonia retreat uh, movement? Yeah, I made um, uh, Sioux Falls Koinonia number three. That was in 1992. Wow. Um, and, I, and I've been engaged at some level on most Koinonia. It's not all Koinonia, but most Koinonia since then. Um, a gentleman named Father Ed Pierce 
um, had uh, begun to sort of, I guess, spiritually mentor me, not necessarily direct me, but um, but kind of mentor me back to the church. I, I was in my middle 20s, I was 24 years old, and had uh, walked away from the church, walked away from my faith, and uh, Father Ed was absolutely sent uh, by God's grace into my life, and uh, sat with me for many, many hours, talking things through, and was a, a tremendous leader. Um, and one day he called me up and he said, uh, hey, would you do me a favor? He was pretty good at uh, calculated questions. He knew I would, right? And I said, yep. sure, I'll be a favor. He's like, look, I'm trying to round these people up for something. And it's tough to get people. Can, can you just come as a favor to me? You know, and I had no idea, of course, the favor was to me at that time. But nonetheless, uh, Father Ed asked, so I, I helped him out given what he had done for me. And uh, hmm. boy, I tell you, my... Um, I, I'm so grateful that that happened. Uh, I love pointing it. Sometimes when your priest calls you up and says, hey, I need a favor, can you do this? It's hard to say no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is hard to say no, and at the same time, it may be slightly terrifying because you never know what you're going to get into. <laughs> and so, well, he kind of painted it, yeah, he kind of painted it uh, in a way that I didn't really know what I was getting in for. And, you know, and that was really, in the end, as I look back, that was the beauty of it, as I really didn't realize what was going to happen to me that you know and uh, i'm really glad that it did yeah absolutely so like all this unknown right this especially as we're diving back into our faith such as a a deep reality right like not knowing where the lord is calling us not knowing necessarily like how he's going to break our hearts to draw us deeper into him and so um so like quinonia right it's this experience of community centered around the paschal mystery of jesus christ right and as we walk with people in this community there are specific things that happen on these retreats. And so can you guys kind of give a little insight? I know there are some behind the scenes that we cannot talk about on air because that would break the Koinonia trust. But what happens on a Koinonia retreat? Um, Michael, I, well, excuse me, I'll defer to you, Mike. Well, well, there's, there's, a, there's, a couple things, there's a couple things that happen, and, and um, you know, they center around somehow very simple things in our life that are dramatic and impactful um, that we sometimes don't even realize until maybe they're out of our life, Um, like meals or fellowship, talking with friends, um, sharing a a moment of prayer with a a brother or sister, Um, pretty simple things. The, The structure, and those are the things that happen sort of salt and peppered through the weekend. That seems simplistic, but really draw people together in this search for community. Um, the, the structure of it centers around priests uh, and lay people coming together um, to give different talks uh, throughout the weekend on different aspects of their faith life, their walk with the Lord, um, how the sacraments have touched their life, um, and, and how Koinonia itself has touched their life having brothers like Steve and I are good friends. Um, we have a relationship because of Koinonia, because of some other things too, but certainly Koinonia. Um, and that helps us, right? It helps us um, in many, many ways. Being a part of versus a part from is really important. Uh, and, it, and it mirrors a lot of what the whole Catholic faith is really about. So it, it, sometimes there's a, there's a group of us uh, who believe that like being Catholic means going to mass on Sunday, mm. and then there's then there's another group of us who feel like that's a part, a 
significant part, an essential part, an obligatory part of mm-hmm. the Catholic faith. But, but taking it home to our families is as important as being there on Sunday. Taking it to our workplace is as important as being there on Sunday. Uh, quiet time on a random Tuesday. You know, we really don't know when God is going to show up to sort of bring his insight, bring his wisdom, bring his hope to us. Um, and so what happens over that weekend sort of mirrors, as Steve mentioned earlier, the paschal mystery of Jesus, this, this dying, uh, this life, this resurrection. And, and it, it helps us sort of incorporate that into our life so that mass, so that, so that being Catholic isn't just about a mass. Being Catholic is about a person. And mm-hmm. if we can meet and embrace and allow that person to change us, um, our entire existence, eternal existence, is altered and changed forever. And, and really that's the goal of Koinonia, is to make sure that there's at least an opportunity uh, for the candidates who come on their first Koinonia um, to not only hear about this God, to not only maybe learn about this God, but most, most importantly to encounter this God. Wow, that is powerful. And beautiful, the way you explained everything. I always have really appreciated the the concept of, like, Mass is like a catapult. That we, you know, at the end of Mass, there's the, the sending forth, uh, go forth proclaiming the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Um, that's really sending us off into the other six days and 23 hours of our week to go on mission, yeah. to make to make the gospel known to this world. And, and the Mass is the place we return to as broken soldiers uh, wounded on the battlefield of mission to receive God's word, to receive him in the sacraments uh, so that we can go back out on mission, but doing it together. And I really love that strong emphasis that you said on community. Can you say a few words, either Steve or Mike, on the essentiality of community in the Christian life and why that's such an important aspect of koinonia? Well, I know for me, um, you know, Koinonia came at a really important time in my life, personally. So uh, it was, I would say it was a little bit of a mini reversion I had um, as a young adult. And I found my faith early on another retreat program called Search. Sure. So Koinonia wasn't, um, the, the concept of Koinonia wasn't unfamiliar to me, but it, I, I felt very untethered as a young adult in my Catholic community, and Koinonia just brought me right back. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was God's perfect timing. And so oftentimes what I found, um, we go to church, um, we don't find ourselves very involved, we are receiving the Eucharist, but we're lacking community, we're lacking fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, and Koinonia blesses uh, the, the parish that, that hosts it, bless the people in the parish, and, and oftentimes you have people coming from all around, other communities as well, and it's just, it builds up the body of Christ. Um, and we saw that specifically on this weekend. It was a very powerful weekend. It was our first Koinonia in about three years. And so um, people were hungry. They, they had a hunger for God. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pain that they had went through over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And so it just was a beautiful homecoming in a lot of ways. And this was just this last weekend? Yes, it was. Wow. And I, you Mike, guys are fresh off, off of it. I'm jump in. Yeah. So describe some of the graces that you guys received or the experience that you witnessed on the retreat this last weekend. 
Well, I think, you know, that there's, um, again, the great thing about Quinnia is there's sort of multiple levels to it, right? Like, so a candidate who might be walking in for their first Quinnia could be filled with some apprehension, could be filled with just some joy, like, oh, my gosh, we're sort of another sign we're back, getting back to some level of normalcy, you know, or we're hanging out with people, we're laughing a little bit, we're sharing a meal, we're, you know, telling some jokes, we're having some good times, we're listening to the gospel, we're sharing how those things matter in our lives. Um, and then, you know, behind the scenes, there's different levels of service and sacrifice that go into formulating this weekend for the purposes of those candidates. And um, and so, you know, being involved um, in serving those people, being involved and sacrificing for those people. Um, they, they really do allow us an opportunity to practice those things in an environment so, once again, so we can take them back into our lives and, and practice them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it offers us uh, really an opportunity to, to sort of practice living out the gospel on this weekend for the purposes of perfecting that in our regular, everyday lives as we go about our business. You know, it really strikes me, Chris, how um, I think a lot of times Christians can struggle to believe that I'm alone mm. in the practice of my faith yeah. or in uh, my prayer life or in my pursuit of virtue or or any of those things, especially in this kind of secular day and age where perhaps I go to a secular workplace and my coworkers, you know, don't give two hoots about Christianity or fallen away Catholics that are sort of bitter about the faith. It can be really easy to feel alone. Right. And uh, to me, that's the real, you know, we're, we're called to a place of community because you don't live the Christian life alone. You right. can't really live the Christian life alone. In fact, even hermits um, from religious communities have to spend years and years living in community in relationship with their brother monks before they're allowed to go out and live alone in, a, in an ascetical way. Yeah. So... Absolutely. What do you think about uh, the role of community here and what you're hearing from Koinonia? Well, and I definitely, like, through my experience, like, with Koinonia and then myself and then with, like, other communities I've been in, right, community is, like, the bread and butter of growing in the spiritual life, right? Like, iron sharpens iron as man sharpens man, as we hear in the book of Proverbs. And without that community aspect of things really driving our spiritual life, we're going to remain stagnant. Right, without people challenging us, with people walking with us, without people uh, praying with us, and going to the sacraments together, things just fall apart. And holding us accountable, right? Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Steve and Mike about Koinonia retreats. Stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. 
The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The Gospel records in Luke chapter 4 that at the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus preaches in his hometown of Nazareth and stuns, absolutely stuns, his relatives and neighbors by his authoritative preaching. The good people of Nazareth are so taken aback that they wind up trying to throw him off a cliff and stone him. Even Jesus' capacity to perform signs and wonders was limited by the suspicions and hostile expectations of Nazareth. Not much of reception from the people who should have known him best. Now think about this. If this happened to Jesus, how much more will it happen to us as we faithfully follow in his footsteps as disciples? Do not be discouraged by sarcasm, hostility, or even persecution by family and friends. The Lord will sustain you in your Christian life, even amid persecution. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Chris Euler. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we are once again broadcasting. We're still not once again. We are still broadcasting live from Aberdeen, South Dakota. The heart of the Real Presence Radio listening network. Yes, the very, the very center that gives life <laughs> to the remainder of the listening area. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a bold statement. I know. All my, all my, I, I'm sure Euler. those of us who are, those folks who are listening in other areas, please do not send hate mail. <laughs> and if you do, send it to the Real Presence Live radio offices in Fargo oh, and not Chris. to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the call here hey, with man. Steve Castle and Mike Donnelly, who are joining us from Sioux Falls talking about uh, Koinonia retreats and the Koinonia retreat experience. And, um, yeah, they're just coming off of a Koinonia retreat. Uh, it sounds like, was it Mike that's been going on them since 1992? So 20 years of Koinonia retreats. How often does... 20. What, 30. 30. Oh, my math is 30. Also good. You, 30 you've years. been out of the engineering. I don't know. <laughs> you've been out of engineering for a while, guys. It's all good. So, so um, how though. often does Quinania happen down there in Sioux Falls? Um, well, historically, we would we have done two a year at, at different times. Um, but as um, as sort of the fellowship around here has maybe matured a little bit, uh, along with some COVID setbacks and some other shutdowns that we've had, um, yeah. we are back to once a year. And sure. we hope to uh, increase that. So our, our next one will be next, you know, right right around next Advent. Uh, we may have one in the spring. We're trying to work with some parishes here locally to see if we can have one um, um, for Lent. But usually they come around Advent and Lent. So next year we're we're planning on another late fall, early December uh, time frame, and hopefully have something else in the spring as well. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, so there's opportunity yeah, for, for people to go on it and then kind of continue to build this community life. And so um, you, know, you guys had talked you know, about, you know, with, with, uh, with Mike, your 30 years of experience, Steve, with your time going to Quinonia. Can you share a little bit of insight, too, about uh, how you've kind of watched it grow and shift? Because you mentioned, like, as a community matured. So what, what do you mean by that, and how have you kind of seen that as you've walked together for 30 years? Well, um, uh, you know, I would I would say that uh, the people who attend a koinonia, um, you hopefully hopefully have an experience there that leads them back, um, and then you know that continues to develop and grow faith life. But I when I think of what koinonia really does mean to me, I I think of again uh, like Father Ed Pierce, Father Tom Hartman, who helped us out this weekend. Um, priests like Father Tim Smith and, you know, Father John Rutten and, and so many good folks, Father Simple, who come alongside of our fellowship and help lead us and help guide us. And um, and it, it really is, or there's, you know, there's uh, probably better spokespeople for this movement uh, within our fellowship there. Um, but there are three or four ladies who I literally have become sisters with. I mean, they are some of my best friends. Um, I know that I can call them at any time and ask them for prayer and that they'll well, give me the yes like I get from a lot of people, but they'll actually do it, you know. Mm. And, uh, and, and and they're, you know, they're friends that, uh, you know, as Steve and I might say, we, we walk shoulder to shoulder together, you know, and, and uh, through the different storms. And, and so that's all I meant by the maturing is that the longer that you have fellowship with someone and candid, honest uh, dialogue about what's happening in our lives, praying for each other and journeying through the ups and downs of life together, that friendship, that fellowship matures. And, and, and that's kind of what I was referencing. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah I would, I would just add to that too. That it's, it's really just a deepening. Um, you continue to go deeper in your faith and, and it's no coincidence that you go deeper in relationship with those who you love, who you grow to love. A lot of people bring their family members to this. You know, children, husbands, wives. Um, I brought my mom, uh, Kathy, to the retreat, and she's been attending, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years. I can't remember the exact number, but, you know, so it, it becomes kind of a family affair, too, not only uh, for, for your immediate family, but, you know, your friends, too. So friends, good friends come um, and are brought closer to the Lord. Hmm. You know, when the church speaks about evangelization, I think a lot of people misunderstand the term. And when the church speaks about it, what it means is a process, mm -hmm. a continual process. That conversion for us as Catholics isn't just a moment mm. in time. A lot of times maybe it starts with a moment on maybe a retreat experience or an adoration or a mass or confession or a talk or something like that. But evangelization and conversion is really an ongoing thing. Because the mystery of God is infinite, and he's continuously drawing us deeper and deeper into that mystery. And what we call that, that gravitational pull, if you will, <laughs> of us moving towards God and him drawing us, that's what we call evangelization and right. conversion. So what you're describing to me over the course of 10, 15 years, really, in my mind, is what we call evangelization. And especially when you talk about being... Um, blessed by your experience and saying other people need to experience this too. I need to invite my mom. I need to invite my siblings. I need to invite my fellow parishioners 
um, that maybe haven't had that initial conversion experience and bring them along to Koinonia so that, that they can be blessed by that. What an amazing witness to all of us as listeners of how the average lay person can be an evangelist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, so last week at the Real Presence Radio Banquet down here in Aberdeen, Teresa Tamio spoke. And uh, she gave us two definitions of broadcasting. Uh, that's where my mind was going, right? So the first definition, right, like what we're doing now. We are broadcasting through the airwaves. The second one, though, she gave us is the older definition. It means to spread seed by hand. Hmm. So like the farming communities, right? She was big on, you guys are like, you guys are farmers. You guys are farmers, which is hilarious because I'm not and didn't really grow up with that. So I decided <laughs> to chuckle every time she'd say that. But, right, she talked about how you just reach into the bag of seed and just toss it, right? And you plant these seeds, right? And then you, but then you nurture it, right? And over time, it grows and it becomes bears good fruit. And so this, it's exactly, I think, what Koinonia uh, is designed to do, right? It's not a one and done thing, right, Steve and Mike? Yeah, I would say for me, guys, evangelization comes down to one statement that I learned um, as, as a young man from Sister Francel Clark, who was there in Aberdeen search program. Yeah. Her, she would say that we are simply one bagger showing another bagger where the bread is. We're one bagger showing another bagger where the bread is. And Koinonia, for me, is where the bread has been. And, and no doubt church and Mass, and, and we do celebrate Mass and the sacraments and, and pray together and all those beautiful things, but this offers an encounter, which Mike has beautifully talked about. This is an encounter. Um, into a relationship with Jesus Christ through our community, because we're not lone rangers, right? We, we don't do this alone. We have to do it together. It's the only way this thing works. And so um, it's just a beautiful opportunity for people. And it's hard. You know, it's, it's a Friday evening to Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, um, and we're busy people. Um, and I think the enemy likes to put busyness in our life, and that seems to be the major objection that we find. But I just keep inviting. I just keep coming back. I keep giving the invitation. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, through uh, all the way back to Paul VI and John Paul II, John the Twenty-Third, Benedict the Sixteenth, Francis, all of them have spoke about the most pressing need of the church for a new evangelization, for a missionary activity to draw people deeper into an encounter with our Lord. And Koinonia seems to me like an amazing opportunity to do that can you speak, Mike, to uh, how, if I'm listening out there, the average person, and maybe I've been to a retreat like this or something different, a charismatic retreat, um, but I know of people that should go, but they're maybe not listening to Real Presence Radio. Maybe they're not going to Mass all that often. What would you say to that person who is going to Mass so that they can take a step further into the deep in their missionary life to try to draw people to an experience like Koinonia? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I think my, my answer may not be what you'd think. Um, I think the easy answer would say, step out, try it, that kind of thing. I, and you'll see it's not so hard and, and maybe sort of coerce that. I, I guess I would take a different position. And, and I would say if, um, that that sounds like a my conversion problem, not a someone else conversion problem. So... I think the first important thing that we need in evangelization is to recognize that I myself need Jesus Christ, mm. that I myself need to be converted and touched by him, mm. that I myself need to be altered. 
because when I experienced that, when that happened in a person's life, I've never seen someone turn um, turn shy on it. Mm. Um, they, they, they're they're filled with him. They're filled with him, and when then when we bring him with us into our relationship, evangelism is a byproduct of that. You know when. Um, when Jesus was talking to his disciples in Acts 2, he says, you will be my witness. He doesn't say, go out and do witnessing. There's nothing wrong with it. We should all be doing witnessing. I'm not defying that. I just love that phrasing difference. You will be my witness. If you're in a relationship with Steve, you're going to see whether or not he has a relationship with Jesus. If, uh, if we're hanging out with Chris and Thomas and grabbing some coffee in Aberdeen, we're going to see. Your life is going to be a witness. Hmm. And, um, and and although we have to do witnessing as well, I think that sort of scares people. But the truth is, if, if I focus on my conversion and staying in a loving relationship with God and in, in, a, in a life that's sacrament-centered um, and living them out, personalizing them to me in my life, I, I, I think you'll I think you'll see him in that hmm. life, and um, and I. Um, I, I think people will be drawn to that like a moth to a light. I know I was. Father Ed Pierce, all my good friends, same, same thing. When, when Jesus is there, we're drawn to him. Absolutely, right? The light of Christ burns brightly within people, and it, it attracts us, right? Mm. It attracts us. And so before we go to the, the break and conclude with you guys, uh, can you tell us where people can find out more information about Koinonia if they're interested in attending? I do have the information here. But you yeah, got go it, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Shoot. No, go ahead, bro. Um, it is uh, SF Koinonia. Uh, so S is in Sam, F is in family. Koinonia, K O I N O N I A. And that's at gmail.com. That's for Sioux Falls. Um, mm. Cindy Labarge is the main contact for that. Um, if it's outside of Sioux Falls, um, Cindy gets you contacted for that as well. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Steve and Mike. That's sfcoinania at gmail.com if you're interested. If you're from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, if you're from other dioceses, uh, like he said, Miss uh, Cindy LaBarge will get you in contact with other folks. So, Steve and Mike, thank you so much for being on today and sharing Koinonia and the faith with us. Thank you My very pleasure. much, and have a great day, man. God bless you and your family. You as well. After okay. the... After the break, everyone, we'll be diving headlong into the life and work of St. Thomas Aquinas for the next two segments. So you'll want to stick around and stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 